0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Pas de I'm your host, Clara. And I'm your other host, Jessica. So we've been very busy with our personal lives lately. Yes. And I can honestly say I have not been partaking in any dance-related events, films. I know. We were just saying, what are we going to talk about? But we do have some dance news to catch up on, which we haven't talked about in a while. Perfect. So we never got to actually talk about Benjamin Millipiade's departure from right. the Paris Opera Ballet. Right. And when it was first announced or when the rumors were first coming out, everyone was just shocked. But then the more I read into it, the more I realized that the Paris Opera Ballet apparently has had a tumultuous past where mm. other directors have come, come and gone in a really short amount of time. Um, But I thought Mm -hmm. it was really interesting that he's only been there for about a year and has decided that he'll leave at the end of this season.
1: Yeah. What did he say about why he was leaving again? He just kept it pretty politically blah, right?
0: Well, he cited that it's an institution that won't change. Mm -hmm. And I'm not citing anything specifically, but it sounded Mm -hmm. to me like he was just frustrated with the lack of change or how slow the change would come about with his tenure there.
1: Yeah, like maybe he kind of wanted to modernize it, make it more interesting
0: and contemporary or mm-hmm. expand their repertoire perhaps. I don't know. And he was able to bring in some interesting choreographers like Justin Peck and mm-hmm. William Forsyth, Forsyth and some others who I don't remember at the moment. But apparently William Forsyth said that he's going to leave at the end of the season as well with Benjamin Millipier because mm-hmm. he said he's been there and done that with institutions and institutions don't change.
1: Yeah I mean there's something I've always kind of admired about institutions that don't change even when they're being unreasonable and actually it's interesting that this is in France because uh, I've always thought about the whole thing where like uh, the French are very protective of their language you know they don't like it when you try to speak English to them and that kind of thing and there's always been the side of me that's like well, know they're kind of trying to preserve their heritage and there's something kind of cool about that when in an age when everything's changing and everything's supposed to be new and contemporary. but I don't really know what's at the heart of this whole thing going on and you know for dance companies it's pretty important they change Mm -hmm. these days.
0: I do remember there were some quotes stating that some of the dancers were feeling like he was trying to change the culture too much and that he needed to embrace their style of ballet and just their culture Mm -hmm. rather than just try to come in and completely change it pace of
1: change is a huge thing I think that's what you're putting your finger on maybe not so much whether they change or how they change or I think there are a lot there are some companies where dancers feel just sort of stuck because the repertoires are too limited and too old-fashioned for for too long Uh, like you have to come into an institution and be able to really love it and right. Embrace it, but then also maybe find small ways that it maybe could use improvement.
0: Yeah, celebrate the tradition, yet insert the newness Yeah, as much as you can.
1: Where it's needed.
0: And so a lot of critics have said that they were disappointed that he's leaving so quickly because mm. their sense is, well, what were you expecting? It is one of the oldest and most established ballet institutions in the entire world. Which
1: is so special.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course it has its own culture and it is a institutional behemoth but then it seems that other people were supporting his claims like William Forsyth for example who said that it's an institution and I'm not going to stick around to see what happens all right well uh, why don't we keep it short today and dive into our guest sounds good
1: all right today we're talking to Nell Shelby dance filmmaker and founder of Nell Shelby Productions a production company focused specifically on dance videography and dance filmmaking As a director and producer, Nell has filmed documentaries, dance interviews, and promotional reels. She has also live-streamed dance events and created some short artistic dance films that feature the movement itself. Nell has also led the videography team at Jacob's Pillow, the iconic summer dance festival in the Berkshires, for 14 years. Uh, Most recently, Nell produced the documentary P.S. Dance about dance education in New York City public schools, which has been incredibly successful. Uh, P.S. Dance aired on public television and was even recently nominated for a New York Emmy, which we were super excited about, Mm -hmm. all of us in this room. Uh, P.S. Dance has now evolved into a larger movement to increase dance education in public schools. And we talked to Nell about P.S. Dance briefly at the Dance on Camera Festival, which I hope everyone listening heard already. So you can hear that in Interview on patada.com or iTunes, and we'll get a little bit more in depth with uh, everything about Nell and PS Dance today. Welcome, Nell. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, this is fun. We're so excited to follow up and get more of a chance to delve into everything about you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, after I was like rushing talking to you yeah it was an exciting day ago. yeah I think that we were rushing fun. off
1: to your screening
2: yeah I was that mm-hmm. was a really exciting day
1: was that the premiere screening for an audience
2: no no time? our premiere was last May um it okay. premiered at Hunter and mm-hmm. at the Roosevelt room at Roosevelt house and then it premiered on channel 13 well I guess that's right. not that's mm-hmm. a television audience mm-hmm. but it, we did have an a screening with an audience awesome. last May very yeah.
1: cool. Great. So to get started, uh, just tell us about your dance training and background, which is something that we ask everyone. at the Sure.
2: Um, I'm one of those lifers where I started lifers. dancing, ballet, tap, jazz, everything under the sun, gymnastics, since mm-hmm. I was probably like three or four years old. I don't know exactly. At a very you know small studio in Evergreen, Colorado, mm-hmm. and really kept dancing. Pretty much all through, through elementary school, all that—that was my thing. And I also okay. sang, and I also did acting as well. And then went off to boarding school. And boarding school, I was—I still was on the dance team. I did water mm. ballet. Water which ballet. We can, you know, say maybe that was some form of dance. It was really fun. I did not know you could perform shows with water ballet. You, yeah, well what is th- water ballet. This is like completely <laughs> unusual. And in fact, I had my twenty-year. Um, high school reunion uh, in the fall. And Mm. Miss Charles, who was not only my water ballet instructor, but was also the director of the dance program and the musical theater and musicals at my boarding school, she was there. And this woman is literally, first of all, she doesn't look like she's aged a bit. Mm. And she was literally, she created all of this and is just an amazing person. And she created the, the water ballet program, like, back in the 70s at this boarding school. Mm. So we had a water ballet reunion, and there were people that were, like, wow. in their 70s that were, no, 60s. I don't know. I don't want to age her too much. But anyway. <laughs> so what we would do is we'd write the show. Um, all of us, like in 11th and 12th grade, we'd write the show, and we'd choose music, and we'd make dances, and so we choreographed our own water ballet dances, and it was, and then boys were a part of it, too, and they would do, like, the jumping off the diving board sort of things, and, <laughs> and we would oh wear gosh. little nose plugs and pick out and have matching bathing suits and oh put gel in our hair, and our hair was French braided, and yes, yeah, so it was really fun. Is
1: that an actual...
2: Discipline, or is it something well, she made up? It's synchronized swimming. That's what, what you probably it's synchro. Yeah, yeah, synchronized swimming. Isn't it in the Olympics still? I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. So then I went. I traveled with a group called Up with People, and we toured all over the world. And mm-hmm. I sang and danced. Wow. Um, and we were in a cast of like 150 people. Not everybody. Oh you know, everybody was on stage, but not everybody was necessarily like a performer. But that's why I wanted to do it. Mm. And then we also did a lot of community service. I, we would stay. I stayed with eighty mm. different host families all over the world. Do you keep wow. in touch and with them? That's... I don't keep in touch with any of my host families. I have a host family book, so I can look back. And my daughter gets excited about it, and hopefully my son will too. Mm. But I, I keep in touch with my friends. Like they're some of my best friends. Mm. And then I went to college, and I got a BFA in dance and um, a BS in broadcast video. So I continued to dance. I always knew that I wanted to be a performer of sorts. I have that story where I would watch the Academy Awards when I was very young and hope that someday I could (laughs) get an award for something and uh, be famous, I guess, you know. I I was one of those. Mm -hmm. But my BFA training in dance was really hard because I I didn't have like great technical training mm. I, I think I danced more for fun I just didn't realize that at the time and okay. now I feel like with my daughter doing ballet I'm a lot more uber aware of her getting good training because I had to work really really hard in my VFA mm. to to mm. be able to catch up with everybody Huh. so um, and then She's and then cute. I and then I caught up and then my teacher wanted me to go to graduate school for dance and mm. I was like no I want to be a videographer and do broadcast video and um how did your interest in videography come about you know it's so funny my mother asked me all th- the time like she's like how did this happen? (laughs) So I don't remember. I just know that I've always loved radio. Um, So Mm. I worked in my radio station and I program, I was the programmer at the radio station and Mm. it was a jazz station. And, Mm. but anyway, backing up, I really honestly could not tell you, but what's interesting is recently my mom said, one of her really good friends that's known me my whole life Mm -hmm. remembers me filming everything, like on, you know, like a beta camera Mm. back in the day, and remembers me saying, I need to capture this. There's been a few instances that have popped up that people have told me that they remember me Hmm. really into capturing the moment. Hmm. And I honestly don't remember that. So I feel like it almost... I've sort of lived my life based on instinct and just sort Mm -hmm. of what's the next right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of feel like it just fell in my lap in a way. And then also I became very fascinated in television programming. I think I realized that I was super into that once I started my broadcast major Mm -hmm. and I had to take a television programming class and I realized Mm -hmm. like, oh, I remember thinking, Oh, cool is that the Brady Bunch is on, and then also on the next channel they're showing the Dick Van Dyke Show. I wonder how that, you know, I wonder oh. how they made those choices. Mm. I just aged myself by <laughs> telling you that <laughs> <laughs> So, so I just kept going with the whole broadcast thing. Yeah,
1: but I think it appeals to performer types. I know I've always watched the the Academy Awards and and like dreamed of it. Maybe like maybe they there's a type of
2: dancer where something about the film world is similar and appeals? I think so, you know, Mm -hmm. because then when I went to, I got an internship at Jacob's Pillow Dance Festival right after Mm -hmm. I finished college. Oh wow. And I remember thinking, you know, I went to school in the Midwest, so I wasn't around the East Coast or even West Coast where everyone is much further ahead, it seems, (laughs) you know? And Mm -hmm. so I was in the Midwest and I thought that I was completely brilliant for putting Mm -hmm. together film and dance. And then when I went to Jacob's Pillow, and I remember there, they have something called Pillow Talks there, mm-hmm. and there were dance films being shown. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, other people are doing this. And it was former choreographers that were making dance films. And and then I realized this makes perfect sense, that many choreographers and dancers are attracted to making films.
1: Yeah. I mean, That's that surprising, sense. though, because... I I still thought it was relatively new. Well, we know from our work with Dance on Camera Festival, it's not super new, but I still right. think of it as a pretty new thing. And I mean, you're certainly the only person I've heard of who has a company that's for dance yeah, videography. Yeah, there's actually other so. people. Oh, in New York? In New York, no. Uh-huh. Not important ones. <laughs> <laughs> in, impossible. Yeah,
2: oh, very interesting. Yeah, there are. There are. I have a few. I have a few competitors. Uh. Although I don't think I try not to think of it that way. But yeah, um, yes, other colleagues, I should say. Cool. Yeah.
0: And uh, how did your time at Jacob's Pillow influence the work that you do today for your own production company? Oh,
2: my gosh. I mean, my husband, who is <laughs> the photographer there, has been the resident photographer there for since 2006, I think. I, we always talk about how Jacob's Pillow really ha- set the tone for both of our careers. I really owe so much to Jacob's Pillow because I learned a lot as a broadcast major, but when I went to Jacob's Pillow, it went to a whole other level. Mm-hmm. It was so hands-on. My, my, I call her my mentor and my predecessor at Jacob's Pillow, Carmella Vassar-Johnson, who is an incredible videographer and editor, just taught me so much, and she really believed in me. And then I just met so many people there. It just really spun off my career. And it continues to, and I and I think that people really respect Jacob's Pillow, so mm-hmm. when they know that a, I'm Normandy. a part of that organization, and that goes for everybody, everybody that works in my company is a former intern of mine, <laughs> Jacob's oh, Pillow, or yeah. a former intern at Jacob's Pillow. Like Ben Richards, who we talked to last year, years ago, it feels like a yeah. long time ago now. But.
1: So we were talking a little bit about uh, Nell Shelby Productions and your supposed Competitors slash collaborators <laughs> <laughs> or colleagues, um, tell us about founding your own company. That's not usually mm-hmm. an easy process to be an entrepreneur. So, yeah. what was that like, and what have you learned from
2: it? Well, I owe a lot to my one of my best friends, Megan Fowler. Now Megan Zener. Her husband is Andy, who. Is a producer at Ellen DeGeneres, and he's he's Andy, who's on Ellen. Have you ever seen like Andy, like yeah? (laughs) So Megan and I were both broadcast and dance majors um, at Stevens College, and we created something called Production Plan 2005, and we were going to start a production company together. So so we already had like the germ of the idea was already started in college, and then Mm. we Andy, Megan, and I all moved to New York together. Right before 9-11, like literally three days before 9-11. Oh, my God. It was really sad. We moved to Weehawken, New Jersey, and saw the towers fall. And mm. I don't want to turn this into a sad story, but that's yeah. that's sort of what the reality was. And Megan sort of went off in another direction. I went to Jacob's Pillow to intern before we moved to New York, and Megan got a great internship in New York and was more like in the TV world. Okay. And so we sort of were going off in different directions in terms of our, our video life. She worked at The Bachelor, just to give it as oh, an example. Really? Oh. And, you know. And then I was shooting dance. So I just sort of then started to start my own thing. You know, I just started. You know, when I moved to the city in 2001, I got my Pilates certification and was teaching Pilates, and then people just started to ask me to shoot their shows. I shot my first show at Symphony Space uh, for Roxy and mm-hmm. Butterfly. That was, like, I think my first paying gig here in New York. And so I just began, right. and then I was working at Urban Bushwoman Dance Company, and a woman, Vanessa, who worked there with me, she was awesome person and a real, like, champion of mine, and she was like, when are you gonna buy your own camera? Mm-hmm. When are you going to buy your own laptop? Mm-hmm. When are you going to start doing this? And I had like mm-hmm. never had a credit card before. And so I went to the bank and yeah. they gave me a credit card that had $3,000, you know, $3,000 limit, which mm-hmm. you don't really get when you're 23 years old, that that mm-hmm. means you have to pay it back. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and so I of I bought equipment and just slowly started. And and I had Pilates as my my side job, I guess yeah. you could say. Oh, so I didn't money. feel like I was just going out, and here we go. Great. And so I had Pilates and Nell Shelby Productions sort of happening simultaneously. And, you know, my dad is an entrepreneur, and I, I sort of came from that background. Having, like, a day job wasn't really in my blood. So I just really took it one step at a time. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's definitely a thing having the day job in your blood or not or in your trajectory. Yeah,
1: like I think all I did in college was a day job, so I moved here and I felt like that's all. I, that's you what know, you that do. That was my skill set, yeah. office based. But that's um, so admirable. You were able to just like dive in and yeah, do your but, own I, thing. but I, I do, love that.
2: I did dive in, but also because I've seen a lot of people just like I quit my job and I started a new business, and I'm like ah, <laughs> um, a lot totally. at once. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah. So I. I really feel like having that other thing is important and it just gives you it makes it easier for you not to be so like when's my next client going to come when's my next job going to come when's my next check going to come it's funny though because with Pilates all the clients could cancel and then you don't have anybody that day so it's still sort of a little risky yeah I want to make sure I that's say great. that because I don't want I never want people to think that you can just like quit your job and then just like right. start my own business right away. Take
1: plunge. it sounds like it kind
2: of evolved in a yeah way. yeah mm-hmm. which is great yeah, yeah, yeah definitely great. yeah I didn't actually quit Pilate teaching Pilates until my daughter was born in 2008 so I started in 2002 and still taught Pilates at least 10 hours a week mm. up until 2008 yeah oh, that's
0: great that's a yeah. great thing to have on the side yeah. So, as we mentioned previously, we spoke to you about your recent film, P.S. Dance, at the Dance on Camera Festival, and since it was a short interview, we wish we had more time to delve into the filmmaking process and just learn more about what went into it. Tell us about the process of bringing P.S. Dance to life, and what was it Mm -hmm. like overall?
2: Yeah, oh my gosh, you guys (laughs) can cut me off or ask me questions, because I feel like I could talk about P.S. Dance forever. So. Jody Arnhold and Joan Finkelstein asked me to meet with them, I think, well, now it was three years ago. And okay. this started out as just a, hey, now, let's film four teachers in the New York City public schools that teach dance in the schools. Mm-hmm. And let's make a best practices video. And we can show this to the mayor. We can show this to the chancellor. We can show this to other teachers and show them... This is what a good dance teacher is doing in the public schools, and so I, you know, took on the challenge, and mm-hmm. we met with all the teachers in my office. And this is why I never probably could work in television. I'm not like a big, okay, let's plan out every shot mm. kind of thing. That's why I think I really like documentaries, okay. um, because I like things to unfold and mm-hmm. and happen. And I, you know, they were like, let's do this angle and that angle. And then I was like, let me just come in and film. I planned two days to film in each of their classrooms, and I brought my team. There was just, like, Ashley, Bickford, Christopher, and myself, and then in a few other places, Jessica, and Ben. You know, there was a few mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. It depended on who was available. And we just went in, and we literally just filmed their class. It was even, like, so last minute that I would get there, and I'd be like, did you choose who were what students were going to interview? Oh, right right yeah, <laughs> gotta do that so as Jody, Joan and I always say that this was completely unscripted we were not like telling the teacher oh you know make sure you do your best lesson ever Right. it was literally yeah. what was happening and then after we after we captured everything um, so that was between like April and June then my editor Lauren Robertson who's in San Francisco put it together she edited the film together okay. we were trying to make it like 20 minutes and Ooh. it was I know because it was just a training yeah it was just point. like yeah. yeah and so it was she couldn't cut it down got it to 30 minutes there was no mm. music it was very rough I showed it to Jody and Joan what do you think you know this is just a start what do you think Jody was like let me show this to Channel 13 I have to admit I was like super embarrassed because <laughs> this there was no like I said there was no music it was right, rough yeah. but they saw potential in it and then we were able to work with a great producer Channel 13 Joan Hershey who mm-hmm. a lot of people in the dance world have worked with she then really helped us a lot So we talked to Neil Shapiro, who's the head of Channel 13, and he was like, all right, you need a star. And then we finally came up with Paula Zahn. And then we said, okay, so we need to make sure we also include like first and second grade. So we interviewed, or then we worked with Catherine Gallant, who's an incredible teacher in Tribeca. What grades did you have before that? So we started with Anna Fergoso, and that was like third grade. You know, pre-K wasn't a thing. Now it's like a it's a mm. pre-K for all is the thing. And then we decided that we really needed to show the professional development. Mm. The Department of Ed, three times a year, does mm. professional development for all the teachers in the New York um, City public schools. Mm. And they all meet Good. at Gibney. And it's only oh. for dance teachers. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Then I, with Amy Jacobus, wrote the script for Paula Zahn. Oh. And the script came from interviews that we did with Joan Finkelstein. So we pulled okay. her out of it. A a little bit more Mm -hmm. to put Paula in Mm. but we had had extensive interviews with Joan and she is so knowledgeable about this about dance education Mm. um, because of her 10 years as the director of dance for the Department of Ed and just her many years in the professional world of dance so we put that together and then my dream Went to, filmed at Channel 13. Yeah. Paula Zahn went to my sa- my college, Stevens College. We, so we're, <laughs> oh, <laughs> went to the so same school. Right. I've known of her for uh-huh. years. I've really respected her. So just to be, like, sitting next to her. And she's like, yeah, this is a good film. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I was How excited. Fun. And then we put Paula in there. And then my composer, Bob Novak, then composed the music. And then it was on Channel 13 in May. Mm. So it's just really turned into something more than we ever thought it would be. So Mm -hmm. at first we thought, you know, some teachers would see it and some officials would see it. But now I think we had like 8,000 people view it on Channel 13, which I mean for a dance documentary that feels like a lot. Um, That is a lot. And then we've continued to have many more screenings. We had 200 plus come to the premiere um, at the Roosevelt oh. House. And it just keeps like growing legs. Then Joan Hershey, our producer at Channel 13, was the one that said, you know, this is not a film. This is a movement. And mm. Jody has always said, dance for every child. So we've, we now have coined this the dance for every child movement. I love That's it. That's
1: great. Yeah.
0: And it seems really impactful. Everyone that we interviewed afterward at Dance on Camera Festival mm-hmm. was just emotional after watching it so it really does hit everyone's heartstrings and yeah um, that's important to have when you are creating a movement because in a way you're just really you're emphasizing that people can act on this and spread the word
2: yeah definitely I know I know and I think we're just still we still feel like so grassroots but Mm. we met with a PR agency last week and they were like wow you guys have actually done a lot so I think we have to give ourselves a little more credit but of course when goal or mission of getting dance in every school Mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like we're not doing enough it's almost like your work is never finished yeah yeah Yeah. so I think it's just continuing to get people on board continuing to get people to share it continuing to get people to understand like what is dance education I think sometimes people are still like huh right and Jody's always said that People was like, what's, what are, what's dance education? What is that? And <laughs> she starts to explain it, and she said that people always glaze over. Uh-huh. And so now she just loves it because she can say, Watch the trailer, watch the film. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Go to the website.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, as far as the PR thing, you're way ahead of most people who start a movement because you've got this film, this product that you yeah. can show people. I feel like that's just having that is huge. So right, right. Something to show, you know, get people into it and help them understand what it is. Yeah,
0: which definitely. Is great. Um that is a good point. It seems like film is a really effective way to share any message for a movement. Um mm. it's interesting Bernie Sanders has been doing that a lot this using year with film. his yeah using mm-hmm. film just constantly sharing new films. Spike Lee just oh, made a film. I, I
2: saw that on Facebook today. I didn't watch it, but I saw that he had posted that. He made a film or he did he just like talk to the camera or something? Is that what it was?
0: I might be making things up, but it seemed like he made a film okay. um, on behalf of the Sanders campaign. Okay, and, cool. um, and it's interesting because they very much are trying to share this message of, like, a movement that they're trying to start.
2: Oh, I mean, just even today, like, just as a little example, we were talking about creating a document to make sure that um, our clients have successful shoots. And um, I was like, you know, we'll, we'll just, like, bullet it, do, like, three bullets. She was like, no, you need to make mm. a video. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just like that's where we are now.
1: Yeah, but I think that there's – I mean, I think there's definitely already a saturation. And I think there's a type of v- video or film that's interesting to people. And P.S. Dance is a great example because it's a filmy film. It's a documentary. It's a thing yeah. you can sit down in a theater. It's a thing. You, it's an event to watch it. And I think people are still interested in that. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of – we watch commercials all day long. So a lot of right. videos, for promotional videos or videos for this or that are – uh, you feel like you know, you're like Educational a lot. videos are hard. Yeah, yeah I think you, when you sit down in an orientation and they're like, "No, we have a video," you <laughs> kind of just immediately fall asleep. You know, <laughs> so I think that there is uh, there's it's still the, a balance, like a right? balance of the intent of the video. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. interesting you say that because I was
2: because uh, we all sort of tur- tilted our heads when I was like, "Really? You think so?" Because then because then Ben said mm-hmm. he's like, "Well, you know, maybe we would make a video, but we also have like bullet points as well." You know, ingestible. Um, But I think it's always a question,
1: like, will this be more effective as a video or won't it? And I I just think sometimes it can be a tricky question nowadays. Yeah,
2: Yeah. that's interesting why you say the saturation.
1: Personally, I think putting dance on film at all, like, is really interesting to people. And that's why there's so much power to putting the two together these days. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So I like how you said you started off by, just by chance, like, it was more off the cuff. Mm -hmm. And so... I would imagine that the teachers were showing you more naturally how they work with the students. And how were you able to capture that magic that they're creating with their students?
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what? I've had this training since I started at Jacob's Pillow. I mean, I learned from Carmela, who I was telling you about earlier, to... Oh my gosh it's gonna like make me cry I don't know why (laughs) but to just be not necessarily a fly on the wall in the room but to have peaceful energy like Mm. that I am NOT becoming the attraction and that is how I train my interns at Jacobs pillow also and that's how I train my team we are not the focus and that's how I've also continued to grow my business People are putting on a show that's the most important thing
1: mm-hmm. we are
2: capturing it which is the thing that's going to last but you know with Jacob's Pillow I was shooting handheld in the school shooting a lot hours and hours of footage and I really had to think about energetically how I am in the room I have to just be really present with people I feel like I have a bit of a knack for meeting people energetically you know, that's like great. if they're high mm. energy, then maybe I either can be a little high energy with them or maybe I need to tone it down so that their high energy will come down a little bit. Or, oh,
0: that's I great. mean,
2: I often make people cry in interviews and stuff just be- because I feel like I can go to it like a deeper level. Yeah. I can then just let them do their best right. and then I can yeah. capture that on camera. And the best compliment I always say to my team is when people are like, I didn't even notice you were here. And then that's when I'm like, okay, I did my job. That was yeah. good. So I feel like that is maybe why P.S. Dance touches people. We just wanted to bring out the best of everyone. And in like a really real way. Like you'll notice the dance teachers didn't have any makeup on. And here we are like mm-hmm. close up on them mm-hmm. in the interviews and stuff. Anna Fergoso even tells me all the time. She's like... I didn't even put on my best dance clothes that day, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's just really real. One
1: thing I've always thought is that even making a more artistic film that is sort of about the film, like it's about putting dance on film and featuring it on film instead of featuring it on stage, even then I think the worst dance films are the ones where somebody, or and the worst films in general, Uh um, are really where the person behind the camera is trying to play around and do their camera tricks and like, have oh, fun my god. And you can tell that they're, yes. like, really
2: aware of the fact that they're using this camera. I was actually just, we just did a big shoot last week with Caitlin Trainer. Oh. I don't know if you know of her, but she's doing this cool project. And we had to bring a lot of equipment, which is sort of a little more unusual for me. I usually am walking in with my tripod and my camera to, like, shoot at the Joyce or wherever. So, you know, I see these movie trucks, and I'm always, like, I look inside these trucks, I'm like, oh, my God. They need all this stuff. Yeah. And I mean I guess they do. Maybe they're doing tricks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I get sometimes I get like a little anxious, like, okay, why am I not using this much equipment? Mm. Should I be using a bigger camera? Should I be using a smaller camera? Like <laughs> right. you know, and then I should think I that I should I be having a tricks, like you're saying. <laughs> no. And and, and Both my husband and I, Christopher, he feels the same way about photography. Mm. You know, people will come in with all this, like, gear and all this stuff. And he just, like, comes in with his camera and, like, shoots and gets, you know, beautiful pictures. And so we have this conversation a lot about, Mm. are we missing something? Should we have more? (laughs) Isn't that, like, totally our society? Yeah. And honestly, with PS Dance, I I didn't set up any lights. There were Mm. no extra lights in those studios. There were, I literally, one day, I was, like, three months pregnant with my my son Ah. lugging my rolling camera and tripod from um, the subway into the depths of Brooklyn to film Pat Dye's class and all I had was a lavalier mic and a camera and I think that says a
0: lot that you're you're just doing it you're not distracted by the things and the tricks as you say and you don't have a truck following you and that says everything
2: yeah. yeah, I I try. I have to just remind myself that like this is what I do. This is me, and then other people like the truck and like all the gear and like mm-hmm. all the stuff, and and that's just not really how I do it. But until last Monday, we had like so much equipment for the shoot. <laughs> <laughs> what was that shoot? Caitlin Trainer is an awesome choreographer and just like a dynamo person mm. and in the dance world. She got twenty five. To watch in Dance Magazine this last year. Oh. She is doing a startup called Dancio, Dancio with me. Oh. <laughs> and it's dance classes with like super amazing teachers. So, Ooh. like, we filmed Julie Kent teaching a class, we filmed mm. Craig Hall teaching a class, Lauren King and Carlos Lopez. Oh. And it was our pilot shoot last week. And it's like a 60 to 75 minute class. Mm. And then the whole idea is then you'll subscribe to the website and you'll be able to download these classes. Oh, they're on. Oh, so you're filming the
1: classes. Yeah, we're
2: filming the classes. And so then, like, the dancer, the dance studio in Kansas that isn't able to come to New York City can then take a class with Julie Kent. And, you know, maybe the idea is that they'll have it on like a big screen and they'll all take class from julie kent that's so cool. or other dancers can like download just bar from julie kent and they can give themselves bar before their show or just at their house or whatever that's such a great idea it's one of those ideas that seems so obvious like why hasn't anyone created right. this before so caitlin is yeah she's really smart and she has a lot of tech friends and we've been talking about this for about a year and hmm. we shot at ballet hispanico and we just had to bring in lights and mm-hmm. we had a big drape that we had to hang and we had, you know, three mm-hmm. cameras and I had a switcher and so there was just a lot lot more equipment than I normally have. Right. Mm-hmm. That sounds really exciting. Are they doing any like beginning level classes to try to suck people into learning
1: learning dance? Well Maybe the whole
2: idea parking? I mean, really you could do some of the this this I feel like it's sort of like an open level class. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's gonna do like a test phase. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if you all are interested, then yeah. I could you know give her your emails and yeah. and then she could send you those classes and she could just then get your feedback. I'd be like, it was hard because I was trying to do it in my closet-sized room <laughs> <Right>. in New <laughs> York City. I know that's what I keep saying to her, but she keeps saying, "Nell, remember our market is not New York City." Because mm-hmm. you could go take a class with one of those people, maybe. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Let's
1: talk a little bit about your process for some other types of films mm-hmm. that you might make. You do a lot of promotional material, right? Marketing yes. kind of videos, and then do you do some more sort of artsy dance, dance films? Because I
2: feel like I've seen some that you've made. Yeah, maybe I could you saw Adam Barrick, like that was on the Dance on Camera Festival like three years mm-hmm. ago. Or I guess I always hesitate from people calling me like a dance filmmaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I've spent my career documenting dance, which okay. I know is like sort of a dirty word. People are like, so boring. Oh, but no. <laughs> I feel like I've found artistry in documenting dance. So I've spent most Absolutely. of my career shooting shows at the Joy, shooting shows at New York Live Arts um, all over you know, New Jersey, blah, 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 all over the, the country, and capturing what people are performing on stage. Okay. But then with, with Adam Barrick, I felt... I I always wanted to do dance films and uh, because it just seemed so cool and very Mm -hmm. artistic. And, and so when Adam asked me to, to shoot, he just said, can you do a two camera shoot of a 10 minute Mm -hmm. piece that I have? I need to send it to some presenters and I don't have a show coming up. And Joyce Soho still existed. I I said, sure. And, you know, just charged him for a two camera shoot. And Christopher and I went down there. We had like three hours and Mm -hmm. Burke Wilmore, who is a Great lighting designer lit it, and it was just Chelsea, his dance partner, and himself. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when I when I went to the rehearsal before we filmed it, I I was like, Adam, this is awesome. First of all, it was to Arvo Part music, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty obsessed with him. And I said, Do you, Would you mind if like I played around a little bit? And he's like, Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought a rolling tripod and or wheels for my tripod, and I I did some handheld shooting and Hmm. you know we filmed it like conservatively as I say like a close and a wide camera first and then I started playing around and then after I saw the footage and I put it together Adam was like oh this is like a dance film and so again like I didn't plan out again I think I hesitate from the dance filmmaker Mm -hmm. thing because I picture I have a lot of other friends who are dance filmmakers and Mm -hmm. it's like they've planned out their shots they thought about it how does it work best for the camera what angle I just like played. Yeah. And was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this looks cool. That looks good. I like how the light's coming into my camera."
0: <laughs> I yeah. love that
2: you come from this creative
0: impulse oriented. Yeah. I think that's place. exactly
2: what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, instincts.
0: Yeah, which is great because uh, that makes yeah. sense that comes from your documentary film background.
1: Yeah. And it definitely. works out really well and I've had other friends who have done that, even with dance films where they intend to make a dance film and they Sort of just play with the they camera, at, at, yeah, at the time, and um, and it, yeah, it definitely worked out for you. I rem- I don't, you know, remember the specifics, but I remember thinking it was a really beautiful film, and I think that's part of it, just uh, keying yeah. into that instinct if if you've got it, which
2: yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. And and then I just did it most recently, so so that was like not necessarily Adam and I laying out each shot, but mm-hmm. then in the editing process, we you know we tweaked in the editing process and mm. which, you know, are there too many cuts, um, right. you know, does that angle, which angle looks better. So I, I would say that we sort of choreographed it a bit more right? Then and, and that's where mm. like, I guess all the magic happens, you know?
0: Fascinating. Yeah. I've always yeah. wondered that about dance film in the editing process, where do the choreographer and the editor and the film director meet?
2: Yeah. So I edited that one. So it was really just, um, Adam and myself so the choreographer and Mm -hmm. and the editor and I guess you could say the director I'm playing both roles I just I really love collaboration so I and I've just been really Mm -hmm. fortunate to work with people that I feel are very open-minded and are great at collaborating so Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I've ever had like a heavy hand as the editor and I feel like people um, my collaborators have been open to my opinions, and I also like really learn from. I I love working with choreographers, like being in edit sessions with them, because mm-hmm. I learn a lot from them. I remember being in an edit mm-hmm. session with Faye Driscoll, and I learned so much from her. Just she she said this one thing. We were we were editing just her two camera shoot together for New York Live Arts, and she said, um, "Why did you cut there?" And and I and I think maybe I gave her a reason, and she said, "It doesn't give me any more information." Mm. I was like, "Oh." so like the dance. Right. Mm. So like we were close, we were maybe wide and then we went close and her whole point was like, I don't I'm not receiving any new information. It's not telling me something else. Right. And so I was like, yeah, and I never thought about it that
1: way, which I feel like is usually well, maybe this is just my opinion, but usually emotional information. It's like the reason you cut and the reason you create a dance film to begin with is you can add a drama and you can add a, a feeling yeah. by punching into certain places mm-hmm. or pulling out or whatever. You know? Yeah,
2: I mean, that's the whole... Like, I was telling my sister the other day who was telling you, it has yes. a show at the Tank, yeah. and she put... To, I don't have enough time to help her with her trailer. I feel really bad about uh, that. but So she put together a trailer, in an iMovie, mm-hmm. and I said even one simple... She said, what do you think I should do? And I said, well, you know that moment where, okay, the music is loud, and then you, you brought the music down so you could hear the voices, but then you kept the music down after the voices were over and you started then, the rest of the video happened with just images. And I said, just bring the music up mm. because then it changes the energy and the dynamic of the, of the piece. And because she was like, it's sort of boring near the end. I said, yeah, it's boring because mm-hmm. then once you bring the music up, that heightens the energy. And that's, yeah. that's the magic of editing, that like literally right. you can make one little tweak like that, that you can just bring the music up yeah. And then all of a sudden it's more exciting. Right. And or it, it helps tell the story better. Right. And mm. man, that's like what happened with PS dance, I'm telling you. Like we brought in the music mm-hmm. and everyone was like, Oh my gosh. It's yeah. <laughs> <That's> always critical. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine adding
0: even more emotion to what's already oh, there.
2: Right, yeah. Totally. For sure. The music so cool. is the magic of mm-hmm. of making films definitely
0: it always seems so weird
1: before you have the sound but you were saying do you so do you work side by side then like you don't mind when people are over your shoulder while you're editing that's awesome no i really
2: i really don't i mean say we do shoot ballet hispanico at the Joyce, Mm -hmm. and we shoot two cameras and then um now my editors usually edit the two cameras i don't edit a lot of the two camera shoots anymore they they do the first edit by Mm -hmm. by themselves and then we send it to the the Company, and then yeah. if they feel that they need to come in and sit with us, then they do. Okay. But like next week, I haven't even talked about this film at all. But the next film that I'm um, working on called No Dominion, mm. the Ian Horvath story,
1: okay, mm. about
2: Ian Horvath, we, we shot it in Seattle. And my co director is Margaret Mullen, she's a soloist with the Pacific Northwest Ballet. Oh, wow! And we're going to be sitting together all next week editing so we restaged two of Ian Horvath's works okay. called um, Laura's Women and no Dominion we did that in Seattle mm. and then we filmed them on stage four days for four days mm. and that was from many different angles and and Maggie and Lauren and Christopher and I all totally collaborated on that and then Maggie and I are going to then sit there and collaborate together I usually like to do a first cut yeah, and then have cut. them sit with me yeah. mm-hmm. but I I just feel like I learn a lot and I'm at this point in my life where I just I don't want to like be by myself working yeah <laughs> that makes sense that's a good point <laughs> yeah that is a good point <laughs> it's I much be. friendlier <laughs> yeah I know I said to my team today in our team meeting you know some of them are like wanting to work from home a little bit more now mm-hmm. they have their own equipment and stuff and I was like you know what I don't want you to work from home we mm-hmm. need more community in totally. our lives and can you please come here so yeah, i can see you totally that oh, makes sense. and we don't have to talk all day because that then we'll get we won't get work done but mm-hmm. we can at least like feel each other's energy and we can turn yeah. around and say hey can you look at this really quick and i i like that that's yeah. so much more fun
0: and i have no dance film background or film background whatsoever but it just seems like working in the production process with the choreographer, with the artistic minds Mm. of the project, it really does seem like an organic collaborative process, you know, rather than making decisions and doing some back and forth. That does seem like such a great way to in real time collaborate. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. You're
1: really changing my mind about some processes too that I would probably follow in the future. I mean, I'm coming from, I worked at a live streaming tech startup for oh, um, cool. the last few years and we would deliver an edit to the client and they give us feedback and we'd deliver another, we would either do one round or two rounds of feedback. And yeah. It was all very cut and dry, which I think has its place in a lot of deliverables you know but yeah um, I think it's harder working with artists I think that they because they're so invested in the work which they should yeah. be it's their heart and their soul oftentimes um, and I think they probably feel really strongly about it and want to have that kind of input so I think it's just really cool that you're
2: able to meet them at that place and work with yeah. them like that you know? yeah a lot of people have actually fun. said to me like when I sat with them um, to edit they're like other people don't let you do this Mm -mm. no (laughs) so (laughs) um so I think that Mm. it makes I mean honestly with some projects it makes it a little more expensive like I'll say to them okay if you want to sit with us or if you want to sit with myself you know it's going to be it's going to cost a little bit more you know because it does could potentially take more time it could also take less time right you're going back and forth with with emails or with giving feedback sometimes it can be like I don't really understand what you're trying to say and then or you interpret it differently and then and then the edit and they're like that's not what I meant (laughs) Exactly. so if they just sit with you you can just show them did you like that way or that way yeah all right so this is kind of a big question but to wrap up we want to
1: make sure we touch on this so on your website I noticed Mm -hmm. that it says uh, fundamentally our work is fueled by a devotion to dance and a feeling that the art form should be promoted often and easily not to mention preserved with utmost care we obviously agree wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think the world is moving in the right direction to give dance the promotion it deserves? And this is coming from something at Dance Symposium on uh, one of the panels we saw. Are you an optimist or pessimist about the future of dance at large?
2: <laughs> well, I think most people that know me would agree that I'm a definite optimist. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't really give in to the whole pessimist thing. Good. And I don't think it really gets you anywhere. And when I, when you all wrote this question to me, I was, I've been thinking about it a lot because mm. I feel like, yes, we're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why not think that? I think that there's always room for change and to grow. And in my business, especially, we're always reevaluating processes and what we're mm-hmm. doing and are we giving the right things for our clients? Should we offer more? You know, we're just always like shifting and changing. And I also just hope that for the dance world to just keep your mind open and to sort of go with the times and also push the boundaries. But I mean, I've really noticed that in my career, I guess in the last like four, 15, 14, 15 years or whatever, that I've seen the dance world open their minds a lot more to video. Like I feel like mm. before there used to be resisting, oh no, you can't film my my show. My show is not meant to be filmed. Like what? This, is, this is just to be, people see it on stage. And mm. I don't like my dances on camera, you know. It doesn't really show what it is. And I guess I just don't hear that as much anymore. And I feel like everyone believes that this is this is the way to help things move forward. And, I mean, obviously, as you both know, it's just boomed in terms of dance on mm. television. and Definitely. I think that's really exciting. And so I definitely good. feel like we're headed in the right direction. Awesome. Great.
1: That's so good to hear. I feel like a lot of the panelists were, pretty much all of them said they were
0: pessimistic. Really? Oh, my God. Well, they were also the coming from... Was this
2: at the symposium or was this... Yeah, the symposium. Yeah, the and they were symposium. coming from the
0: perspective of like funding. funding. Yeah, yeah. Things exactly. Like that. That's
2: why when I, you asked that question, I was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I know all my clients are not for profits. And I hear, oh, my grant is coming through. I'm going to pay you with a grant. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. But I'm not as up on how are you all doing financially? I mean, they can't pay me. They can't pay me. And mm-hmm. then we move on. But Mm -hmm. I guess I'm not up on that as much. So that's probably why I'm not. But I think it's also
1: because you're on the forefront. So my feeling was that I was an optimist because it's an, you know, it's an emotional reaction. Do you feel, do you feel like it's good or bad? I don't have like evidence, but you know, I think we interact all the time with people who are doing something new, young people, people exploring technology, what you're doing Mm -hmm. and just bringing something really new to the dance world. And I think that people who are part of this let's call it the establishment (laughs) even Uh if it's a small dance company who's struggling for funding probably don't have that perspective on all the grassroots things happening on the ground Mm -hmm. and I just don't see how all of these new ideas
2: could lead to nothing right Mm -hmm. right and I think I mean what is the point of being a pessimist that's true (laughs) yeah like I actually just saw on um Amy Jordan who is a wonderful client of ours and I think is doing great things with the victory dance project She just had her show at Ailey. We did a two-camera shoot. and Or she had one piece in a show called Jump on the Dance Wagon. Mm. And then she um, wrote on Facebook that she was interviewed by the National Endowment for the Arts. And people were like, oh, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. And then one person wrote like, oh, you better get their money before the Republicans jump in. And, you know, it's something like that. And I loved it. She said, can you please keep political stuff off my Facebook page? And I was like, good for you. And she, I don't know if you know anything about her, Mm -hmm. but she was run over by a bus. Oh a city god. bus. I don't know that. Yeah, and so. she went through surgery after surgery after surgery and you Whoa. know, had to settle with the city and and then create a victory dance project. This woman's mm. been through a lot she was run over by a bus. Yeah. <laughs> that's like crazy. so you Oh my god have to be positive. And that's how I feel too. Like the other day my father in law was like, Ah, oh, you're always so positive. And and I said, no, he's like, he's like, the set will come out tomorrow. And I go, oh, that was my favorite song growing up. And, he, and I was like, that's, I mean, yeah. I understand being practical. And so mm-hmm. those other people are like, okay, we have an issue, like funding. I don't want to undermine those those right. people. I, I right. get that. But what's the point of being like, oh. Being negative about yeah. it. Yeah, I totally agree. yeah. yeah. What ought to be is what you should be focusing on. Exactly. And mm-hmm. one thing, just to add, one thing I loved working with Joan and Jody. Mm. I remember one time I was interviewing Joan and, you know, especially with making a documentary, sometimes you want to find the drama. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so early on in the process, I remember I was trying to find the drama <laughs> I, and I can't remember what I was asking her. And she's like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to ah. go there. Are we? We want to move forward we want to think of like how to make dance education better, how to get more teachers, how to get more kids dancing in schools. And so if you notice in PS Dance there mm. is no negativity. Like I think the only negative thing was we have 1800 schools and only 400 of them have dance teachers. We have a far way to go, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like poor me stuff. It was just like this is the situation. Right. I was like these are good people that have <laughs> to totally. be able to be with yeah yeah
0: that's such a great perspective rather than focus on the elements that brought us there and how hard it will be to get out of this like, yeah focus on just moving forward yeah definitely it feels like a very positive movement and I think that
1: that's what will suck people in because a yeah. the whole thing with dance is that you know we have to show people the joy and uh, mm-hmm. I guess like really the joy that it can bring into their life yeah um, and everything else it can do for them but also people with a movement don't really they're not really interested in a sob story or oh this is so hard like who wants to who wants to get oh, on board with that so right. i think you're doing it right and it's right going to
2: be very successful hopefully in the long run i hope
1: so <laughs> well thank
2: you for joining thank us you so much yeah. for inviting me to do this
1: All right. thank really you so much it. bye everyone